Hello and welcome to the 55-1 podcast. My name is Wes Burdine and uh, back with me is Jeff Ruder. Hey, Jeff. How are hey, you? Good. We haven't recorded just the two of us in your basement since definitely. the Loons had two players on their roster. Exactly. Yeah. yeah definitely um, not in 2017. Um, how was your happy new year and everything? Thank everything you. went well? Yeah, it was good. It was okay. fine. You survived family. I survived 2016. Yeah. Yeah, um, you and I are now, we're, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this, but we are going to go on our first, um, it's not a road trip together, but a, a plane trip together. Plane trip. There, is there a better term for this? I don't think there's a better term. Um, uh, study abroad. We're going to go study abroad in LA for two days. For a solid 60 <laughs> hours, I think. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to do that. We'll talk about the draft in a little bit, uh, but we're back doing doing the podcast together. I, I made a joke last week, and I felt bad about being free from you. And You're never free. I'm never free. Um, so anyway, on this week's episode, we have, uh, we have a lot to catch up on because there's continually, you know, three big breaking news stories every day now um and there's a lot coming up so we are going to talk about the craziness that um the uh the good the bad and the weird and i think lower division soccer has moved into has graduated into the good category very briefly i don't know it may just be weird um we're going to talk about a lot with minnesota united because we've got uh superman and batman back um we had uh, three stories break today from from the website uh, that Brian Korstad wrote. We've got um, the draft coming up, as we said, and so uh, I don't know. Should we do we do anything to prepare for that? Like, do we w- want to? I say that we just we all collectively take a breath because you're not okay. going to get a chance to for the next forty five yeah. minutes. So the music is uh, by Big Quarters, uh, Twin Cities Hip Hop Group, and uh, just go ahead and take that breath now. And welcome back to the 55-1 podcast. This is Jeff, that's Wes, and we're going to dive in with our good, the bad, and the weird, starting with, as promised, our good? Yeah, this week's You're craning your face in any sort of contortion you can, you're just squinting, trying to find the good in this, but we're going to call it good because it's better than it has been for the last two months. So, we're going to start with the, the split decision, uh, not Ronda Rousey, we're going to talk about, uh, which wasn't a split decision at all. Or so Twitter has told me. You don't... Good work. Good. Work. I don't know what you're talking about. Ronda Rousey. Okay, uh, read, don't read a book, because if you read a book, she wouldn't be in it. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, split decision by the USSF, as uh, they've given provisional second division sanctioning to both the NASL and the USL. Um, there's a lot to tackle with this. I don't know. I mean, we've been writing about this for what feels like many moons now. Um just immediate reaction good uh, choice bad choice it's it's a punt it it's a it's a it's a nothing um in some ways it's fine it gives nasl a, a chance to for usl it's it's great there's there's nothing to it right i mean they they get a chance to prove themselves they they supposedly have plans for all these markets they need to do them for nasl it gives them a chance to recover um I think both you and I would love to write about this, but it's just such a crazy week that who knows who knows if we'll actually have a chance to. My my first thought is that 
where's the proof that any of this is different? You know, Bill Peterson is out, but Bill Peterson, for as, um, you know, arrogant or blowhard of a guy he is, he's a nice enough guy, um, but he worked for the owners. Mm-hmm. He came in and, and the, the attitude changed around the league because they hired him because they wanted the attitude to change, you know. So certainly, yes, the Cosmos ownership is different, but we don't, you know, we know that the Miami ownership still feels the same. You don't have a common vision for this league. Um, And I think you still have a common vision for the most part of USL, although I think two years from now that might not be the case. Right. So let's let's go through quick what's at stake for the next two years. Um, From what I've been led to believe and what I my, my tiny little contribution to this narrative that I put out on Friday night is that the NASL is expected to get to 12 stable, capital S, stable clubs by 2019. 12 clubs that they can point out and say, this is our bedrock. We are going to build from there. Um, and then if any expansion afterwards wouldn't be because one of these clubs is folding, which we've seen a lot in the past. For the USL, it's to improve their infrastructure. Um, you're seeing MLS affiliates who are bringing in 500 fans to a match. You're seeing teams that are practicing in public parks and changing in their cars because they don't have a training ground. Um clubs that are just kind of run on shoestring budgets and that's implying they can afford shoestrings so there's a lot that does need to be worked out there's neon shoestrings you win if you um uh, if you sell enough uh in your elementary school those um and then they're wrapped in like the white kind of like looks like a licorice coil whatever yeah Yeah, those are that's what fc cincinnati earned last year and then Sacramento the year before. I think it's more like Harrisburg, man. I think Harrisburg, uh, <laughs> Harrisburg could really use those. Um, right. I, I think that it is overall at least a, a mildly good thing. I think Cosmos ownership coming in, but they're going to they're going to start playing in two and a half months, three three months, two and a half months. Usually first week of April, and. Um, they haven't started selling any season tickets. Um, they don't know where they're going to play right now. A lot of their players have already signed with other teams. I mean, last year's Cosmos roster is mostly depleted. It's just like, it's wild to, to think, I don't know, what's going on there. Um, and the other kicker here is, with the owner who is brought in, you can't imagine they're buying the Cosmos and going to run them like FC Edmonton. You know, if you're buying the Cosmos, you're expecting to run the Cosmos. FC Edmonton, it's a misnomer. They do spend a lot of money. But... Spend, maybe run them like But uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say that's a responsible organization. I'm going to say Edmonton's a little more responsible. They put it into the academy, as the Cosmos did. But I think the Cosmos are still going to have to push towards that uh, Miami FC um, and what I've been led to believe, the Agreed. San Francisco Delta's yeah. uh, stratosphere. It's going to be those three. Um, the Cosmos, it's not like the owners coming in saying, like, look, guys, I get it. I've just brought in our our version of a designated player, and it's a very fiscally responsible guy. So I I think that this is something that we're going to... This is also what we're adding and what we're going to be working on with this. It doesn't fix all the problems of the past. Uh, I don't see any imminent commissioner announcement from the people I've spoken with, and we don't know that Fort Lauderdale is fixed from all their issues last year. We don't even know what's going on with them because they aren't a part of the eight teams that were announced for 2017. The Cosmos still owe 
paychecks to some people. We don't know if that's been resolved. And then there are other clubs like Jacksonville Armada, which don't have a stadium right now. So there's a lot or to owner. figure out. Or an owner, for that matter. So there's a lot to figure out in two and a half months. And sorry, buddy, we're, we're not done covering and this yet. And yet somehow the bad is something else. Uh, Junior Flores is not coming to MLS after all. There was the... The uh, rumor, there were just reports that the um, Borussia Dortmund American would be coming back, coming to the U.S., uh, possibly signing for the Columbus Crew. And w- what happened to this? Did it? Uh, April Fools. Happened. It okay. just never happened. It, it sounded like at one point, um, and credit to Steve Goff, he was the one both to open the door to this and close the door on it. Um, so he's a polite host, mm-hmm. but he. Uh, put out that yeah he was Flores was close to signing a three year deal with Major League Soccer and was aiming to go to Columbus and then suddenly like two days later put out a tweet that said hey that's not happening let guys. me open the door on this Zlat- Zlatan is going to sign for Minnesota United FC uh, door closed Moving I on. think he's here <laughs> door closed uh, he's not going to sign for the team after all <laughs> uh, and then this the weird that we're going to go to is this guy um, Yamil uh, Assad. A Argentinian, uh, young Argentinian player who plays for Velez in Argentina. Um, he signs with Atlanta United, but why is this weird? Uh, really weird, actually, because then Velez puts out a tweet saying that Assad has been sent on a 12-month loan to uh, um, Atlanta United for with a purchase option afterward. And, oh, oh, the fans in Velez were let's rejoicing. Just, let's just read these back and forth to one another. I'll go first. Look me in the eye as you read these, and we're going to make each other cry. Ready? Here's what the fans were saying about Yamil Assad getting sent away from their club. Bye, you son of a bitch. I hope Trump has you deported to Mexico. Never return. All you did was smear the glorious last name of your father. Never come back. What's that accent? It's lost. I hope that non-refundable is written into your that contract. Goodbye until never. Do not come back ever more, thief. You have no shame. You will never again step on Velez. <laughs> Hopefully you encounter one of those shooters at an airport container of sexual disease. That is my new favorite insult. Yeah. Cont- you are a container of sexual disease. I just imagine like a nice tightly sealed mason jar of sexual disease. I just zip ziplock or something like that. Um, well, that's the good, the bad, and the weird. Uh, Let's take a break and come back, and it'll be all good, all Minnesota United. Minnesota United on the 55-1 podcast. I'm Wes. That's Jeff. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. Uh... Rambara are back. Miguel Ibarra, Christian Ramirez, they are back. They had a big signing, uh, a big uh, media event. I don't know how big it was. I wasn't there. You were there, right? Yeah. It was a fine media event. They're... But they were dressed up, and it it was. they had the, the Facebook Live afterwards that was just... Um, beautifully awkward. Yeah, beautifully awkward. I, I only watched about 35 seconds before I was like, I'm going <laughs> to... Sit this one out. It was out. basically just you know people doing the random... Facebook comments, which are always stupid, and then Miguel and Christian reading them and going, uh huh. Sharing a microphone, uh-huh. yeah. too. So there's just, hey, pass me the microphone. And then the comment was gone, so they didn't even know why they were grabbing it. Um, realistically, though, it's a better deal than it was a Facebook stream. Neither of them are designated players, which 
you expected with Ramirez being a player who was a free agent coming from the NASL days, but with Ibarra, because there was a transfer fee that went with it, um, it was actually kind of fantastic that they didn't have to use targeted allocation money on him either. So they got him yeah. back. Um, the, and uh, we still, you and I actually haven't even talked about this. We're under ooh. the impression that the transfer fee was very minimal from Leon, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, it's still something I've not been able to track down very much, but I've seen a couple of comments that gave me that impression. Um, the 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 gauge, and we're going to talk about how to uh, how to react appropriately to a player announcement because that's one of the Twitter questions okay. that we have. Right. But um, the league does require teams to say target allocation money was used on this player. This player is a designated player in the opening press release, and Miguel had none of that. Yeah, which means that they didn't use any of that. And um, Christian is the the ballpark for his salary is three hundred fifty thousand, which is more than I expected. I expected them to 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 go in the lower two hundred thousands range. So good for him, get the paycheck. But it does mean that there's a lot of pressure on him now, right? I mean, it's a three year contract. We also mm-hmm. think. Um, I, I mean, three hundred fifty thousand means he needs to be he needs to be bagging. Eight goals minimum. The thing is, I, I looked at other strikers across MLS. Will Bruins on the same salary, and uh, Jack McInerney's on a similar salary. Uh, Darren Maddox is on over two hundred thousand. It's just goals cost money, and Christian has proven that he can score score goals at another level, um, a lower level, admittedly, in the NASL. But now they're paying as if he is going to deliver with goals in MLS. I think he can get double digits if he has the the right amount of playing time and the right. Uh, players distributing to him but there's a lot of factors that go into that obviously yeah it it, it, it's going to be interesting to see see how how it turns out i think um ibarra i think is a bit more surefire you know what you're going to get from him we'll see if he can produce the assists and stuff but the value of ibarra is on the left wing is his engine Uh, he is so good defensively in that he can always press he can run 50 yards at a sprint and immediately recover. And that's what Manny and everyone has always loved about him. Um, and that is going to be really helpful for a coach like Heath. Who- and Ibarra also ends up giving uh, a lot of benefit to Johan Venegas if he ends up playing as the number 10 or as the kind of a second striker, which is his preferred position. Because both Miguel and Johan are very versatile players who do best if they don't have to stay to one position. And so if they can do a little bit of, you know, switch and Miguel play central for a little bit and Johan drifts out to the wing, um, it could really mess with the defense, but it could work fantastically for Minnesota. And Miguel's also someone who can allow someone to, uh, like Venegas, if Venegas is not going to um, do as much defensive work or whoever, because I think there will be another 10 probably coming in, Mm -hmm. whoever's going to be in that role. He he can help press and cover for that, um, and that's super helpful. Let's move on to the uh, the bridesmaid of the Minnesota United transfer rumor window, which is Adam Quarase. Um, we first <laughs> broke that uh, we opened he was, the door. We opened the door to him, saying that he was in talks five minutes before we announced that they'd gotten the rights to Miguel Ibarra. And then we also, five minutes before we talked about Vadim Demidov, which we'll talk about later, we put out that Quarase is not coming. So every time that we've written about Quarase, it's been five minutes before something bigger. So the moral is, if you're waiting for Zlatan news, wait for us to post something about Quarase, count to 300 seconds and hit refresh, yeah. and you'll find it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Quarase, uh, he's injured. 
He's not coming to Minnesota United. He had to pull out of the African Cup of Nations. Minnesota United needed a starter, and they can't they can't bring a guy like that in. Who who knows? I haven't seen how much time he's going to miss. None of the articles I've read have said that. But he did a- just sign a four year contract with Rosenberg, though. Okay, so yeah. obviously he's fine enough in some yeah. way. But yeah, he will not be coming to Minnesota. Um, which leads into a Twitter question from Melissa Danner at Sweet P Twins, or I think we refer to it as Sweet Pete Wins. Yeah. Um, now the Quarase is out. Do you have any idea who MNUFC may be looking at? If not, who would you look at to sign? I don't. I have no idea who they're looking at in terms of goalkeepers at this point. Um, I don't know if that that list of. Uh, there was Chris Seitz, uh, there, there was um, Steve Clark, there were a bunch of uh, good... Steve Clark, Jesus Shuttleworth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of them are actually available at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, do you have any thoughts on that? I would give a call to Colorado and say, hey, what do you want for Zach McMath? Because Tim Howard still has three years on his contract, so why not? Um Steve Clark is still available as a free agent, so they could totally renegotiate his contract. But as far as like actual targets that I've heard about, nothing yet. Um, that said, I'm not worried about it because Minnesota realizes that you need a goalkeeper to play. They will have at least three goalkeepers by the time the season kicks off, so uh, don't panic. Um, and then you mentioned Vadim Demidov. Uh, he, we announced or broke that he's going to sign for the club. He's a center back. He's been described as a defensive uh, midfielder by by Christian Hennage, who who is a friend of ours, journalist who knows him well. I, I think other people have pushed back on that and said he's more of a center back, more especially more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Norwegian international, most recently from uh, SK Braun. Uh, he he kind of grew up. Was he originally? Did he get big out of Rosenberg? Rosenberg, yeah. yeah. And um, was kind of this young star, and then went abroad, and never he kind of fizzled out. Yeah. Um, but but he's been the the captain of Braun, uh, leading them in a promotion battle and ultimately getting them back up to the typical league and and um, he's been the captain of the side ever since. He's thirty years old, so it's not like he's a retirement player. And he's a six foot two center back who's described as being a, a good defensive aerial threat. Doesn't waste his time in attack, which with Francisco Calvo that's actually perfect. And um, one of the SK Braun supporters who commented on the website described him as very brave. So um, I think that if you're looking for anyone to go on adventures with, I would definitely hit him up first. Will Barron on Twitter asks, any indication Minnesota United will sign one or more DPs this season? If so, who would you want? He means designated puppies, right? Yeah, designated puppies. There's going to be a lot of those. A lot um, of puppies. There's going to be far more of those than designated players. I, I am I am under the impression that there will be no designated players um, this first season. Maybe maybe that will change, but I've been under the impression for a while that they were looking for um, mostly to use all of this extra TAM they've got lying around. They've got buckets of it, and um, it doesn't seem like they are are wanting to, to pull that yeah, in. And I don't know. I, I part of me part of me wants to push back against that because I do want some really special players coming in, but I can also. The, Heath, everyone keeps on talking about wanting to build a squad of people who want to be there, wanting to build a proper environment, uh, um, uh, you know, of personalities. And maybe, maybe signing a DP would would make it hard to set that tone from the beginning. I don't know. I uh, I mean, I look at and. 
I want to start by saying off the field, Kaká seems like the ultimate professional. He seems like somebody who's been very good about helping Orlando grow its roots. He goes to church a lot. Goes to church every week. Um, He belongs to Jesus. He belongs to Jesus, and therefore he belongs to America. Yep. But I also remain to be seen whether or not he really gelled with most of his teammates on the field and on the training ground. So I think that there was a little bit of a reluctance there um, as far as him really just kind of joining with the I'm an MLS player instead of I'm a DP on an MLS team. It's kind of like Pedro Morales, what we saw up in Vancouver, uh, where by the end of his tenure, it seemed like he was already one and a half feet out the door. Um, this is the podcast of Doors, apparently, sponsored by Jim Morrison. I hate that band. One of my yeah. least favorite bands of all time. Ooh. I, what's the rest of that list? I mean, well, I, I've talked about many times about Aerosmith being the worst band of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah, Doors... Uh, I mean, then there's a whole whole list, but those are the two that immediately come to mind. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I also get the sense of like, I the team is also being cheap, but they're building a stadium. I don't know. I the, I, I want to like simultaneously take both positions. So one uh, benefit of the doubt to give is that the buckets of Tam that you were alluding to earlier, those do expire. And yeah. then there's a certain point where they lose the extra expansion amount. Yeah, Tam isn't like Twinkies. You know, you can't right. sit on can't sit on the uh, shelf. It's a, it's like a homemade bunt cake. Yeah. So they're making sure to burn through the bunt cake before going to the Twinkies, which is the DP. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there, there were uh, three stories that Brian Korstad uh, broke today. Various level of of breakingness to them. Uh, but let's let's go through them. The, the first is that Minnesota United is going to is committed to building a world class training center up in Blaine at Nessie, where they currently play. Well, they they currently train. And um, for, for listeners who don't know much about uh, that that area, NSC is fifty fields, a hundred fields, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, fifty to sixty five. Yeah. It, there's a whole lot of fields there and there's a couple that are a little bit better and they're going to be raising the quality of those. But correct me if I'm wrong, nothing in the article really addressed the fact that they don't have a good indoor training center. No, uh, they said they were going to have a domed surface to play in. Um, because right now they just have like the field house, which has a really yeah. low ceiling is like a 50 by a hundred field. You can't play full, uh, 11 v 11 yeah it's tiny so you end up playing nine by nine most often um they're looking to have like a domed facility soon uh there were some commenters i think it was more on reddit from fans who didn't understand minnesota who said what's the point of building a dome which i thought was like the stupidest comment uh that you could possibly say about this because minnesota you need a dome to train year round um but yeah, the look of it would be world-class facility, new workout equipment immediately, locker room renovation because the locker room can house like 23 people. I think this goes back to 2016's issue where we're like, why don't we have depth? I think the locker room could hold like 18 guys. And so they're just like, look, we'd love to if you build us a locker room. We'll get you. Um, who are the players who are pining after Tom Heineman? I was never I, pining after the Wolfman. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to be clear. Pining on that. after the Wolfman Dude. sounds like a lesser Aerosmith album, yeah, by the way. yeah. Um, so yes, I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad that they, that when they were tra- talking about the Woodbury deal, it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but this is, if they, if they sell, for example, if they sell sponsorship for this site, then they're also getting in the eyeballs of the 
1,100 teams that come there every summer. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's thousands of kids from all around the world that come to play uh, the U.S. the um, the the Schwann's, Schwann's yeah Schwann's Cup, Cup there. Yep. Um, I don't even think that's what it's fully called. I think there's a better name for it, but I'm, I'm blanking on it. Uh, speaking of the youth, um, phase two of the Brian Corstead trifecta. We actually did this. I think it was every two hours we released another of Brian's work. Yeah. Um, it took him much longer than two hours you to gotta, write each you gotta of them. You got to feed it, feed it to yeah, them. Just bit by bit, just got to tease him with it. Uh, part two of the tease was probably the most substantial from a league wide basis. Yeah. Um, first off, Minnesota United is gearing up to open their academy in this coming fall, 2017, uh, which will start with the U13 and U14 programs. Um, old enough where you get a sense of where you should play them, but still young enough where you can call them your own. Yeah. I think that's the slogan of the program sponsored by Chipotle. I don't know. You get them hooked on cigarettes at a good age. then. Um, yeah, and then they're also... We, we've heard a lot about where the USL affiliate might happen. The USL affiliate is looking certainly to, to likely be uh, down in Rochester. We, there's been talks about it being in Madison even, um, but Brian, apparently his... his uh, his crystal ball says uh, Rochester, and that's a sad crystal ball, by the way. Yeah, Rochester, Minnesota, by the way. Because um, <laughs> when I moved to Minnesota, people would talk about Rochester, and I was like, New York. The um, Rhinos are not going to. I mean, be they're the going to if they have yeah. a USL team, they are going to f- have to figure out how to, what to call it. What, what do we see? Med City. That's the NPSL team. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just bump them up. Um, I mean, you could call them the Mayo Clinic Wanderers or something right. like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. The Mayo Clinicians. Uh, yeah, Hertha Mayo Clinic. I think that we Perfect. should get a German it. sponsor. Yeah, yeah. The, the last uh, um, Corstead story. So go read all these on 55.1. Um, the last Corstead story is, is about uh, the the stadium and the legislature. I won't do it justice here, but basically it's kind of back to square one for Minnesota United and the, the stadium deal. Um, and then that brings us to the Super Draft. Uh as we mentioned, you, you probably can tell Jeff and I are very excited to go out to the Super Draft. Um, you, you know, I should say this: we're recording this on a Monday. We'll release it Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to be re- releasing a special podcast. So Ooh. delete all your other podcasts. Uh, I spoke to uh, Minnesota Minnesotan Jackson Yule um, last week, and then also um, Jeremy Ebobis. Did I do it right? You did it right. Three syllables. Ibobis. Ibobis. Um, I, 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 I finally had him. Tell We've me been butchering it. it on the podcast. Every just, well, person we just in made America. it up. I just made it up. We all were like, "Yeah, Ibobis um, say," but no, it's so no four syllables. I spoke to both of them last week and recorded it. And my hope was to to speak to them in stages and talk to them after the the draft. Um, you never know drafts. It's it's really hard to get uh, people, but I at least got to speak to them because it's very likely that Jeremy Abobis is going to be the number one draft, and we're going to take him. Uh, and Jackson Ewell is a Minnesotan, uh, so I wanted to kind of get get a little bit of word, you know, hear what they're what they're looking forward to, hear a little bit about them. I did ask Jeremy about his. Uh, his social justice Twitter uh, persona. And Did he just like stare you in the eye over the phone? I yeah, imagine, yeah. Uh, and then say like "stay woke" and then hang up. Yeah, yeah, he to- he totally did. No, he. Good. I mean, he's uh, he seems like a very smart dude. Um, so I, I'm kind of I, I'm excited. So check that out on Wednesday. Look for that. But 
in the meanwhile, what do you want to talk about with the the, the uh, draft? Let's give one other just kind of uh, nod in the direction of Evan or uh, yeah, Evan Pankin, mm-hmm. who is another Minnesotan. He was a five well four year player. Uh, he was redshirted his first year for Notre Dame. Um, ended up becoming one of their three captains this last year. He competed in the combine against Jackson Ewell actually uh, on Sunday and will be again on Tuesday. So if you're really bored on Tuesday afternoon evening and if you listen to this and have gotten this memo, go ahead and watch uh, Evan Pankin play again because it's it's actually kind of interesting to watch um, just these prospects who are fighting really for their lives. Really hard to tell who is who. Impossible. Because – there's no good. Uh, um, there's, they don't have names on the back of their shirts. Nope. There's no good thing that tells you what number they are. Their numbers are disgusting. Like Jackson Ewell was 36, <laughs> where I would imagine there weren't wasn't a single number 36 in MLS yeah. last year. So, yeah. um, but Pankin is. I think the the mock drafts that I've seen have him in the third, fourth round territory, but he does look to be drafted at some point. So uh, keep your eye on him. That's going to be your thing to. I mean, mock draft in. anything beyond. Let's uh, talk about the, mock drafts for five. a second, yeah. actually, because there was the one mock draft that matters came out this evening, and it came out in this house right here. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> let's let's talk about that? the yeah. results of that one first. Yeah, that was right before Emil broke broke down and screamed at me for an hour and a half. So was I it think... because you drafted a Budenladi first? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I did a, a special periscope of uh, with Iris and Emil. Um, I, who? So I know I'm forgetting it. So Iris took Jeremy. And Emil took Abu Dinladi first, uh, so and then I think that he just couldn't handle it after that. He really wanted to watch Zootopia, <laughs> so instead we watched uh, Guillermo del Toro has a kids cartoon no. on Netflix called Troll Hunters. What? It's kind of awesome. Is is he like in it as a, no like a no? Live? It's oh. it's just like it's totally Guillermo del Toro. It's weird monsters, but it's not like scary at all. It's just fun. Um, so I watch, right. I watch, it's like, I, I I'm like, Hey kids, you want to watch troll hunters? <laughs> so, uh, we were talking about the draft though. The, the best places, to, if you want to read about the draft and want to read about the players, there's, there's two sources. And I, I know we, we, we talk a lot about Matt Doyle because I, I respect a lot of, of how much he knows. Matt Doyle has, has a good thing up on MLS soccer.com. Um, and then top drawer soccer. Mm-hmm. Those are the people who actually know these college players. I read, I don't know why other people do mock drafts. Like, don't, it's not your, it's not your wheelhouse. Just let it, let someone else do it. Like, if we did, I guarantee you the 14th pick, I would literally pick a ferret. Yeah. Like, I would be like, I don't know any of these other guys, but there's a pretty cute looking ferret. I'm actually just going to take this ferret and send it over to Columbus. I mean, it's actually worth thinking about, should Minnesota United draft a ferret? I, listeners. We've got two second round picks. Yeah. Like, how about twenty third pick? Fine, we'll be sensible. Everyone's we'll expecting draft a player. everyone's expecting you to draft a player. <laughs> so. No one's expecting you to draft that ferret over there. I just imagine <laughs> Manny Lagos like reaching into his coat and pulling out the ferret. No, I'm just I'm I'm just thinking like the ferret suddenly pops <laughs> pops over Abu Dinladi's shoulder and and they're like Dun- no, it's the ferret and like. <laughs> Runs away on top of a soccer ball or something <laughs> and runs right into our hearts. Oh, yeah. It'd be good. I mean, it'd be worth signing just for the Disney rights. Um, so re- re- check up on those. I am. Uh, it's been so crazy that there's like a whole host of things I've been wanting to write, but I've, I've been running crazy. And so um, I will say 
I was just going to write this. I did talk to Adrian Heath last week and haven't been able to write up the interview yet. Heath is saying that they've gotten several calls about that first pick. Mm -hmm. There's people who want to move into that. Um, I think um, since Sam Stakel or one of the MLS guys reported that Atlanta looks the most likely to trade it. Yeah. I think unless someone comes up with something crazy good for Minnesota, they're taking Ebobis. And if if they give up Ebobis, it's going to be for something crazy good. And then everyone, then we win. So right. So I uh, really can't lose. Uh, la- was that last week that I put out the piece about what first round picks have traded for in the past top eight picks in yeah. the last four years? And three of the four deals trended where the the team that acquired the pick got the better side of the deal, and it's impossible to evaluate what top eight picks are worth any given year and usually you get screwed so but what did chicago get for jack harrison Remind uh, me of that. they got brandon vincent gam and tam so they got a january camp cupcake left back call up and gam tam yeah which was used to get uh horny for goals uh michael delu and um uh, goosens so they got a couple of uh holland players yeah so, so i mean they're still terrible but that's but brandon vincent uh vincent for jack harrison uh, brandon vincent is a very good player yeah he's a starting left back so and that's worth a lot um the other thing that i will say is that minnesota would need a godfather offer like you talked about and uh jeremy Ibobis didn't fly in until today Monday. We're recording this on a Monday. Yeah. Uh, most players reported on Saturday, had their first workouts on Sunday, and the first scrimmages on Sunday. Jeremy flew in on Monday. He was in a U-20 camp yeah, and training with that. But historically, players who show up late have already been drafted. So, Oh, interesting. They've, wait, really? Yeah, like where they've already... Because Minnesota technically has been on the clock since they got the first overall pick. Yeah. So they could have basically said, like, Jeremy, we're going to take you. Focus on this U-20 thing. This sounds more important. Don't worry about it. Um, we'll okay, see you in see. L.A. Unless, so unless someone trades for Jeremy Abubis. Yeah. Right. So but yes, there is a chance that... Um, Minnesota's already said, if we hold on to the pick, we're drafting you, and he yeah. showed up late because of that. So that's yeah. that's yeah. something to keep in your mind, too. Okay. Um, so that's the Super Draft. It, it's kind of a, a crazy event. We'll, we'll try to... I'll have my recorder there and see what kind of interviews I can get just with random people. Um, but if people have questions about the draft or they want us to talk to people there, send me a message, westberdine at 55.1, uh, or on Twitter as well. Um, I, I'm kind of curious... Years ago, when I was at a draft with um, Bruce and the Do Nord Football Show, we did kind of like an intro to the draft uh, podcast. I don't think I've got that. There's so much going on, I won't have the energy to do something like that. No. Um, but I, I will try to, I always try to collect as much as I can while I'm there. Um, but it's basically going to be tacos, soccer, soccer, and beer, which is a good pretty, pretty much weekend. That's yeah. like the dream, actually. Yeah, I call that Tuesday, usually, but... Um, take that. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and it's going to be Twitter time. Welcome back to, to 55.1. I've been thinking recently uh, about this, uh, Jeff, I'll tell you. I am still here. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Jeff. Um, uh, you know, 
we have uh, at 55.1, I'm pretty proud of what, what we've kind of been able to accomplish since last May. We published uh, now, I think, over 700 articles in that time. Um, you know, this past December, we basically blew our own metrics out of, of, of individual unique visitors to the website. Um, and so I, I'm super pleased with, with how much response we get from people. And my, my, uh, and, and also a lot of great feedback from people saying, thank you for writing all this stuff. That's great. Uh, I will say to people, one thing that I would love people to do is, uh, you don't have to do this for every article. Don't like flood things, but like, if you see something you like, if you see an article, if you see news or whatever and say, Hey, this is cool. Um, share it on Facebook. Because uh, Facebook is, you know, Twitter, Twitter's down. You know, Twitter's such a small space for soccer world that it, it gets out there. Facebook is one of those things that it's just harder to crack. Um, it also hits a far more diverse people uh, group of people because Twitter, you have your own little um, sub-Twitter. So just just share those, those articles. And it doesn't have to be like, hey, you know, support these people. Just... Here's a good article. Read mm -hmm. it. If it. And who knows, if we share articles like that enough, we could just get that ferret in the corner elected president. Mm -hmm. The power is in your hands. The power is yours. Uh, no, that's just my, my general call for people, because a lot of people have a very kind words to say, and uh, and so do that. That that helps us quite a bit. Um, anyway, let's actually talk about the real thing, which is... Soccer. Sure. Uh, Colin O'Donnell at The Attachment says, Who in the Super Draft is most likely to get spam emails now that their addresses went on CC? The background of this is mm. that uh, on Saturday, Jeff and I, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, planning our, our draft uh, trip, and we had gotten this email that was um, telling us where to pick up our credentials. And Jeff, you pointed out, that instead of so usually in a mass mailing like this you're supposed to this is actually a good life lesson for any of you who are going into mass mailings you're supposed to bcc every person so that emails aren't public people don't know who's going and ultimately people can't contact each other through the emails what mls did instead was put them in the two line not just the cc the cc line but the two line and said this is going to tata martino this is going to patrick vieira don garber Don Garber. Oh, I didn't Alex realize Vieira's in there, of course. Alexi Lawless. Oh, man. All of these people's personal email accounts and their like club email accounts were public. And you That's better believe amazing. I noticed that. Because I was like scrolling to try to figure out where I was picking up. I was like, why is it taking so long to scroll through? Why does this say Patrick Vieira? Oh, my God. And then had to scroll back up to see who else was on the list. It was like Christmas all over again. Yeah, I mean, it was it was literally everyone. It also <laughs> included uh, the unannounced Marius Rovdi, uh, mm -hmm. goalkeeping coach from Minnesota United. <laughs> Mark even though, Watson. Yeah, Mark Watson, the <laughs> assistant coach. Even though we've reported this uh, several times, mm -hmm. they are, you know, they're, they have email accounts. It it was it, it was included like, a representative from some by the way oh really which was interesting, oh, interesting. yeah, yeah. we'll watch it, for that it, there was I had quite a bit of joy um, from that uh, so excellent eyes um, thank you who's gonna get the most spam oh, yeah. I'm going to say that it is the assistant PR rep for the New York or for New York City because his name is Sam Cook and I think a lot of people are gonna ask hey dude you still alive yeah and that's it I'm I'm curious. That'd be a, that'd be a weird career change. What a wonderful world that would be. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, okay. Kyle Eliasson says, on a scale of ill-fitting to the jacket is wearing you, rank the business attire in your respective luggage he wants to know about our trip to L.A. I haven't packed my luggage yet. I, I mean, it's basically two nights, so... Uh, but I'm I'm usually a... When I travel, I, I just wear a, a, like a, a sport coat, you know, and just kind of generally use that as my jacket. It's L.A. I don't know what the weather is like, basically. I don't know. I have no idea. But, um, I mean, I'll look hip as fuck, though. <laughs> Obviously. That's going to be the, the comment. Sunil Galati will see Wes walk into the conference and say, that dude is hip as fuck. Sunil listens to this. Um, Argon, do you have any, what, what, do you have not packed anything? You don't uh, so you're wearing I, your Baja shorts. My and your Baja Hawaiian shorts, shirt. and I have Hula Girl socks that I will be bringing. Okay. Argon Beast 0034 on Twitter says, Not to be confused with the first 33 Argon Beasts. What's with the lack of play, player movement on, on the loons? Struggles, uh, with MLS player recruitment rules or something else? There's no, there's no, it's not a race. It's not a race. You just need, I mean, you, you don't get bonus points by having extra players on January 1st. I, I saw someone, uh, one of these Atlanta fans on Twitter was like, yeah, but Atlanta's going about it the right way. They're already starting to get people settled and find a part. Okay, well, we have five players who already live here. So Yeah, what and you, more to come. Like, yeah. It was just the weirdest. I don't know. People, I, some people on the internet have the dumbest opinions. And I, <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. If we have to, because like I said, we have a con- contractual obligation. Being the expansion franchise's um, most annoying podcast, we have to talk about Minnesota United versus Atlanta United every week. Atlanta has like 22 players, but they don't really fit together. I was looking at this. Aside from their attack three, that they have the midfield is bad, actively bad, and the defense just seems a little weird. Like uh, Lloyd Park is just a strange center back pairing so i think that there's just kind of like a rushed uh build to this and i think i don't know minnesota's they gonna can be, be fine. fine but it, it is weird again i saw them them uh linked to another player from atalanta and so, someone was like oh you can pencil them in for mls cup like <laughs> that's never how mls cup has worked <laughs> wait since when like has like I can't name, well, aside from the 2014 Galaxy, which had Donovan and Keane and Gonzalez, that was the only time it was ever like you looked at the beginning of the year like, that's the best team, and they actually won. In the last, like, 10 years, no. Seattle was in 19th place out of 20 teams in, like, late July, and they won MLS Cup. Toronto have still spent a load more. And they're still a better team. They will be a better team than Atlanta. And they still have not won. And they're in the same conference. New York Red Bulls will probably win more regular season games and lose to whoever the sixth seed is in the first round of the playoffs next year. And they're better than Atlanta. Just, like, what kind of drugs do people... like? Not good ones. Will Barron, at WBarron4, asks, uh, what happened to the direct player pipeline to Brazil? Seems like United always had good relationships there. All the Brazilians got old. And Manny's uh, Brazilian mistress left him. Yeah. More likely. Um, Paul Hannon, uh, not... Uh, oh, this is a weird question. It's, it's like it's weirdly a two-parter, placed. yeah. Basically, Paul Hannon asks, how do you evaluate a move and whether or not it should encourage us, scare us? Um, how do we know if a move is the right direction? No goalkeeper, okay, too many vets, etc. There are a lot of questions in here. Uh, the first answer is, um, trust us. Yeah, that's the lazy believe answer. everything that Jeff and Wes say, and then we'll be okay. Well, we'll get you through this. Don't <laughs> you worry about it, Paul. Uh, does goal? Does the lack of goalkeepers worry you? Let's start with this. Well, I, I think that I think that that he has a 
he's he's genuinely trying to think like, well, how do we think about these overall in terms of like, for example, what you and I are evaluating Atlanta by? Um, the, the the real answer is that you you can't know. I mean, but you can get a sense of like, look at what uh, Minnesota have right now. Where are you the most encouraged? That center back pairing um, of Dimitrov and um, uh, Calvo could be really good. Calvo is a very good signing. I would still think, okay, we need a better central midfielder next mm-hmm. to Saeed. Um, maybe two better central fi- midfielders so that um, both uh, Warren and um, and Saeed are the third and fourth. We still need a right winger. There's a lot of holes to be filled. I still think we need two, two starting fullbacks. Um, we've got a long way to go. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I I don't think that there's too many ways to, to, I don't think you can draw any early conclusions. No, and I think it's going to take until they get on the field. And don't don't panic if in the Portland Simple Invitational, half the team gets red cards and they allow ten goals well, in a game. This time they're actually not starting their their training camp with against people who are already a month into training camp. And making it televised. Yeah, they will be closer, which helps compared to last year's simple. Um, if you're looking at the roster, yes, they need goalkeepers, but that's a niche position. That's a position that the team knows that they need. Don't worry about it. We talked about this earlier. I think that they still need a right back. I think they still need a right wing. I think that they still need a defensive midfielder. And I think that they could probably use a number 10 as well. I think there are yeah, there are still positions that this roster, while there are 11 players, soon to be 12, it's not a complete roster. It's, you can't find the starting eleven. In you this also roster. have, assuming that we sign a Babis, a nineteen-year-old. How old's Femi? Twenty-two. Twenty-two, and a twenty-five-year-old as your your strikers. I think a Babis can start in MLS. He's also going to miss for the U twenty World Cup, which mm-hmm. which I keep needing to remind myself. Christian can be successful in MLS. Femi has a lot to grow, but could could have some good minutes. That, but that's a that's a big risk for a strike. Strike. You, you know what that strike force probably needs? Didier Drogba. The vasectomy. Oh man! Don't even. Mm. First of all, uh, that's Bruce's nickname for Chad Barrett. And Bruce would be upset that we're even joking about bringing Chad Barrett into this team. <laughs> uh, but let's say, um, uh, Colin Solberg, what are your taco plans for LA? Do you have any taco? We're taco free agents, aren't we? Yeah, we, 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 we've done so our 28 Basically, um, Dan Hodeman of Minneapolis uh, City um, recommended like 30 places to us on Twitter. We're, we're there for 60 hours and we're going to be at the convention center unless we're drinking. So... We're gonna. It's taco trucks if we have it, or unless there's some taco places. Like we're not, we're not going into Santa Monica or anywhere else. No, no, we will be downtown the entire time, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're still free agents. Definitely send your recommendations to me because I, I think Wes is gonna be, um, I don't know, away from Twitter doing more important stuff than I am doing. For the uh, next I mean, Twitter's always Twitter's always there. You're important to us, Tweetiverse. Yeah. And uh, David Zeller, oh, you gave me this question because you can't pronounce the last word, can you? No, it's because it's more, it's about me. <clears throat> David Zeller. Yeah, David Zeller at Texas Zeller asks, will you please, for the love of God, please eat chilacolis in L.A.? Which sounds like, I don't know, very casual broccoli. Chilacoli. 
Say it correctly, though, because I want I want you to prove that you know how to say chilaquiles. That. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> um, uh, sure. Yeah, they're bre- breakfast nachos, right? Yeah, that's what I was told by him. Okay. We have a really we have a source that's both trying to tell us what they are and pressuring us to eat them, which is probably not the best source to have. Um. Okay, I, I'll try them. Sure, great. I mean, if it's, there's a spot near the convention, they're center, not like breakfast. If you go to Texas, you can get breakfast tacos. Those are awesome. Yep. Why would I want nachos? It's a shitty arrangement of ingredients. Let's go back to this. This is good because I thought that I had no, no. I thought I had my nacho moment this week, by the way, when I shat on the idea of dinner in a movie as a date idea. Yeah. As an early date. No. You didn't actually participate in this. I, no, I was doing something with my life. I oh, missed, good. I, I was complaining about of... not dating. I'm going to get oh. you right here. Yeah. Dinner in a movie, early date. You're married. Yeah, yeah. Is it a bad date for like early in like, a process so we're talking of someone? First, first three, ten. First ten. Um, I think it's awful. Like, think about it. Like, first, what you're going to do is say, okay, we're going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to impress you with my manner of eating things and also focus on a conversation as I'm stuffing my face. Then I'm going to go sit in a dark room with a bunch of strangers around us for two and a half hours as I'm trying not to be sleepy, gassy, or both and still try to make you think that I'm a respectable human being I think that says a lot more about you. Does it? Um, yeah, it I does. do think that going to a movie and then having that be that, like, all right, good night is, like, a really weird thing to do. If you go to a movie and then go get drinks afterwards and, like, talk about it or something like so that. So a triple header. Well, don't go to the dinner first. Are you scrapping first. dinner? Okay, because I would, saying, I would do like, movie and drinks. Yeah. Dinner and drinks. Or, or movie, and, movie and drinks. Movie and drinks, great. Uh, at the Culture Vulture suggested doing the movie then dinner which fine i can get it um because then you're talking about the movie or whatever but the idea of dinner then the movie and then leaving that's yeah, awful sure that's i don't think, i don't know if i've ever actually done dinner in a movie to be honest what have you done radio show and i, I got uh, married young i got married when i was 24 so mm. uh i don't really remember now i mean well now we go get we'll we'll go get now it's it's yeah You'll watch Guillermo del Toro cartoons. And now it's basically just movies and drinks. So, yeah, which is the the dream, apparently. So, okay, good. Yeah, we decided we go. it. All right. Well, um, no one really actually cared about that. So, thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Westerdine. I'm at MN Nice FC. Jeff Ruder, you are at Jeff Ruder, uh, and we are uh, on Stitcher, iTunes, all those things. Please leave uh, feedback on iTunes for us. I actually haven't checked lately to see if anyone has. Good question. Do that if I'm asking people to do it. Say nice things. All right, we will see you. Uh, there's a special podcast on Wednesday. Check that out, and we will see you next week. Thank you, everyone.